Super Gals for another special edition of Great Quarter Grace. Uh, Kaylee is out today, but she will be back with us soon. Uh, we're just going to keep doing these back and forth episodes. It's becoming a fun time. No, I miss my, co- my co-host. She needs to come back. She will be back soon. Everyone relax. Uh, but today, yes, it's a Great Quarter Grace time with me and with some uh, wonderful uh, women in the space we're going to celebrate. In particular, we have a, a new guest on the show with us. We'll dive into her time in transportation and actually starting her own company at JVR Freight uh, LLC. But we'll dive into that here in just a second. Of course, tomorrow, no, two days from now, uh, we've got a very important day. It's the second annual of this event. We covered this last year in its first day, IMO's International Day for Women in Maritime. Now, this happens now every year, well, for the past two years now on May 18th. And we're celebrating women in the industry and promoting the recruitment. That's a big part of this. Recruiting women, retaining women, and sustaining the employment of women in the maritime sector. Of course, we want to raise the profile of women already in the industry and make sure that we're strengthening the IMO's commitment to the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals, number five in particular, which focuses on gender equality. So, of course, they started this day to make sure that there's some action headed towards that. Honestly, I can't believe we've only had two years of a day where we're celebrating all of the women in maritime. I mean, just think of all the different jobs that this could contain as well. Uh, There's a short video I want to show you that showcases just how great their impact is. What I really love about that video is a few things. One, you have such a range of ages of women that were throughout that from looks like pretty young right out of high school to uh, older down the line and the amount of of energy that they contribute, right? Like they said in there, these are these are hard jobs. There's big, big actual physical needs from these women and they can do it just like any other man out there can. And I think the most important part is right there at the end, it said diversity matters. And it truly does. I mean, especially in an industry like ours that moves so much of the economy and takes so much problem solving. Problem solving can only be done with different viewpoints and different ways of actually contributing to solving that problem. And you're not going to get that from the same individuals, from the same neighborhoods, from the same households, doing that all in in one roof. No, you have to have multiple viewpoints, different nationalities, different ways of, of nurture, nature, et cetera, all that fun stuff in order to to find the results and come up with new ways to build resilient supply chains. So again, shout out to all the wonderful, incredible women in the space. And I actually uh, want to give a shout out to anyone who could attend this event. They're actually, If you go to uh, the IMO site, there's a link to attend it virtually as well. But on the 18th and the 19th, the IMO headquarters is going to be showcasing uh, and holding a global conference for this event. There'll be presentations on mentorship, how men can be allies for gender equality. Uh, that's an important part of this too. It's not just women in this space that are going to get this done. It takes just as much work from the men in our industry to make uh, this possible and gender equality possible 
especially in maritime too. And I think the easiest thing, if you're saying, well, how, Grace, how can I contribute here? I can't fly to London and I'll likely be working. Well, just increase visibility of it through social media. You can use hashtag Women in Maritime Day on the 18th. Uh, they have their logos easily accessible on their site, on their media kits, so that you can share that too. And I'd like to give a quick shout out as well, because it's not just uh, the workers in Maritime, but the women reporting on Maritime News is a big part of this too. So I want to give a shout out to our own Kim Lake, Kim Lake Willis our, uh, as our senior editor in for Freightways and for American Shipper. You've probably seen her work. She does a lot of work in reporting on uh, the Jacksonville port, and she's done a lot here for not just my writing. Trust me on that one. This is more of a thank you to Kim for dealing with my writing uh, as much as it is reporting uh, the maritime news as well. So thank you, Kim, so much uh, for what you contribute to our company and what you contribute to the maritime space as well. So ZZ is that people. So on the 18th, make sure you give a shout out to someone who you respect who's in uh, working in maritime, whether again, that's reporting on it whether that's working in that, whether it's freight foreigners, there's different ways that you can contribute. So thank you to all the women out there in that space today. And now it's time to bring it back home a little bit as well. So we're going to move a little bit more domestically with our next guest. Uh, we're going to bring on a wonderful woman I've met uh, at events here, uh, Rebecca Tisby. She's the owner and CEO of JVR Freight LLC. Hi, Rebecca. Thank you so much for joining me today. Grace, nice to see you again. Yeah, super excited. Uh, I, I Here's the thing. I love bringing on new guests in different spaces because one, we get to hear about the stories of how, of course, you join the industry, which hopefully can give a lot of our viewers an idea of how to recruit and retain women in the industry as well, but also promote maybe women who are working in a brokerage space or or driving and want to start their own company too. So let's let's start with your freight journey. Tell us how exactly you ended up in the industry and becoming the, the CEO of JPR. All right. Well, let's just get right into it. I yeah. got into the industry completely by chance. So it's nothing that I went to school for. It's nothing that my career background or history was a part of. It was actually a business venture that I was going in on with someone who had an abundance of experience in the field. So I did my research, right? And I came up with two main reasons why I wanted to join. So first and foremost, I'm based out of Miami, Florida. Uh, the fact that no one wanted to operate out of this state uh, going in or out was really intriguing to me because I saw a huge opportunity in that. Um, and the second uh, appealing point was the fact that I felt women were very underrepresented in this field. Um, bit of a backstory, you know, my... my my career was 15 years in hospitality and I had a great time, um, but I was in a position where I was ready to pivot into something else. And so I chose this business uh, to fast forward a little bit. You know, that person I didn't end up going into the venture with and I felt like, well, gosh, I, I lost probably my best asset, right? The person that knew everything about this business that I wanted to go into. Um, but I thought of more reasons why I could do it versus reasons that I couldn't. So I just jumped in with both feet um, and I surrounded myself with mentors that helped me along the way. That's incredible story, especially it sounds like you you met one to make that pivot, right? And that first first plan didn't work out the way that you hoped. And 
that happens all the time, right? With entrepreneurship, you you might go into something. I mean, even in my work, like we just kind of stumbled upon a really great niche of flatbed, and there was nothing that we ever expected, right? But it's it's just how uh, God plans, right? They say you uh, plan, God laughs, and that's the, the exact situation that happened here. And I love that story too of the pivot from hospitality. What what pushed you to say, you know what? How did you, I guess for women out there, how did you know this was the right time for you to to make that transition? Well, my field changed a lot during COVID. Um, and, and more so than the changes was the fact that I was stagnant. I was comfortable. I was, I wasn't challenged anymore in the field that I was in. I was having a lot of fun. I traveled a lot in my industry. Um, I was an operational machine and still am. I just wasn't challenged. And the difference was before, you know, I was creating for others and now I'm creating completely for my business and my future. So I decided to just make the jump in and again, find more reasons why it could be successful instead of reasons why it wouldn't be. That's a, so optimistic. And so uh, the, the confidence you have is, is, is incredible. No, it truly is. It's interesting. I asked so many women that say question, you know, why that pivot, why that change. And and hopefully I, I hope companies out there hear this when I say a lot of times it's just that that feeling, you know, of being undervalued, that you're contributing so much, right? And and it's not uh it's not paying dividends to you in that way, right? So why not take look at what you can have contributed and say, if I if I excel in this space and I pursue my own journey, how well could that pay off? And it sounds like you made that list and the list was pretty obvious. So I'm uh, happy that you you took the time to do that research on it as well. And, and now you're in this ex- expedited last mile delivery space. Why focus on that niche? How did that come to be? Being completely transparent with you, it was equipment that I could afford starting out. Um, so that was one reason. And two others to follow was I wanted to master my backyard before I went national, before I went global. Um, I knew that I was going to thrive in a, in this kind of market, even though it's kind of a down, mar- down market, but we'll go into that a little bit more later. Um, but I, ne- I needed to master my backyard, right? And then three, I think probably the most obvious reasons, I felt I would have more control of my operational costs, right? Uh, going over the road, my fuel and other expenses would definitely go up and increase. And I had to be extremely realistic with myself with the current market conditions, where we were right now, the fact that, you know, I was a first time business owner uh, with a small fleet and I needed to make my impact while making my business recession proof in a way. So that's a big reason why I chose the expedited route. And it's been working pretty well so far. Yeah, stick with what you know. And like you said, your own backyard and be surprised how well it can grow. you know, it's funny you bring up the market as well. I do want to touch on that because, uh, you know, there are people that entered the space during the COVID time that aren't doing so well and find themselves pivoting back into maybe working for a large carrier or having to to close up shop in particular. Uh, how have you experienced this market and how have you made sure that you can stay a flow and keep growing and scaling your business. What is this market? How's it worked out for you? And how have you worked through it as well? 
You know, I, I've had had those moments. I'm not going to lie to you where I'm just like, whoa, what did I get into? And and, and how do I make might make it through? You know, just this year, we lost what was about eight to 10,000 carriers um, just in the first quarter. Um, being that everything was kind of stacked against me, I, I, I had to figure out ways that I could thrive. So naturally, I go into what my true skills are, which is hospitality, which is service, which is making sure I exceed expectations. Instead of waiting for brokers or shippers to come to me, I went out, you know, in my car and I introduced myself. And if I had to take work at break even, then that's what I would do to make sure that, you know, I knew my numbers were making sense. Um, I had to make sure I shifted my mindset to work on my business and not in my uh, in my business. Um, I think it's a big challenge as well, not only for women, just for new entrepreneurs to have that mindset, to take massive action and to keep building your pipeline um, instead of just kind of listening to the outside noise and staying stagnant and expecting big results. Um, ways that I've maneuvered myself to make sure that we were cash flow positive were controlling costs, going back to that, and just making sure I did everything I can uh, so that everyone in my backyard knew who our business was and what we offered. Love that. Uh, stay consistent, right, with what got you where you are today, and that's that's working yeah. out incredibly for you now. So congratulations on that. And uh, you touched on this lately, but I'd love to talk about, you know, it, oh, when we talk about entrepreneurship and being the CEO of your own company and a lot of times it's it's especially you see it on, on media or like TV shows. It's always over over glorified, right? Like there's a lot of hard work and hard days that come with being a, a C-level uh, entrepreneur in your, this space. Tell us about some of the hurdles that you had to overcome while building the business and maybe some of the challenges that like you had to work through and, and it give up some of of that rain growing the company too. I'm a big believer that if it's a challenge, it's a challenge if you make it a challenge, right? So I had to go in with the mindset of, okay, well, this is difficult, you know, but we can make it, we can make it make sense. Um, but more to answer your question, I guess overcoming the hurdles is, is just taking massive action um, making sure my pipeline was full. It, it, it wasn't easy to start off as a small business owner and say, hey, you know, can, can we handle this load? Or I know you've been working with X person for 20 years, but here's what we have to offer. Um, going in and understanding that I may not be able to get the rate that I wanted at the moment and make the sacrifices to prove and show what we offer and what we bring to the table and what quality is versus what they may have worked with in the past um, that was what I stuck to. I kept communication very high. I was extremely transparent with any, you know, 3PL broker or anyone that we work with directly. Um, anything about timing, keeping it simple. Wh what are your pain points? I would always ask, what, what do you need from your carrier? At the end of the day, we represent, um, X, Y, and Z company and we're the face and we're the person that's bringing it to the final mile. We're executing on all levels for, um, a whole team of folks behind us. So to keep it very simple is is keeping to our numbers, being very transparent with communication, and um, continuing to take massive action to build our pipeline. Love that. 
And uh, let's be honest, we're great quarter gals, right? Well, today, great, we're great quarter grace today. Uh, but we love to focus really on the journey that women take through this industry in hopes that we can get more people to stay in the industry, recruit more women, etc. Can you tell us about the challenges that you've had to overcome just as a woman in the industry, or maybe even vice versa, how being a minority-owned company has helped you grow and build a business? Sure. So I love this question. I love, um, this is part of the reason why I got in this industry, because I feel a personal obligation or responsibility to represent women, you know, what we bring to the table, the kind of finesse that women can bring in and, and change a whole industry with. The challenges that I've received, I'll give you a quick example. I was at a networking event and I was really interested in this product um, that these folks were offering. And the entire time they were selling me, oh, this, these are the features and benefits. The, this is what's great about our product. Um, and I was ready. I was ready to close. I was ready to sign up with them and, and work with their product. Um, but at the end of the conversation, it was it was very humbling when that person asked me, well, where's the guy with the credit card? You know, who's the guy in charge? And I know when to step away and and not uh, let what I'm really thinking come out because sometimes I have no filter. But uh, it's it was very interesting to be humbled by that experience and learning just to kind of always represent myself and always uh, stand as a CEO and founder of my company, irregardless of whoever may count me out or whoever you know may not assume for me to be in the position that I'm in. As a minority business owner, you know, I really take great pride in that because I get to represent where I'm from. You know, my father immigrated here from the Philippines. You know, my mom is from Puerto Rico. So to be able to represent those platforms, I am extremely proud of. And um, I think the more folks join in and women join into this industry, it's a lot more common than what we think. And I only hope to elevate that platform that we represent. Uh, cheers to you. I mean, that's exactly what Kaylee and I like to do here. It's I completely agree, especially on the fact that there there are so many wonderful minority-owned businesses in this industry, and you don't always get to see them uh, on the big faces of events and, and et cetera. And it's that's the work that we really like to do here. That's the reason why it's like we have to get you on the show, and not only the fact that. You're an incredible speaker and really good at this, by the way, because she tried to pretend she was nervous audience. And now I'm quickly realizing that that was a hoax. Uh, but <laughs> really, it's it's incredible to to be able to be in a position, right, where you can offer guidance and offer leadership and, and have a platform where you can show people, hey, this is it's not easy, but it's possible and just because you haven't seen someone in your own family do it or someone in your neighborhood or have what what were taught in school that this was a career path for you, right? Doesn't mean it's not possible. So uh, kudos to you and, and the incredible work that you put in. I want to talk about mentorship because you, you, uh, it sounds like you have an interesting journey in this space. Uh, how has mentorship helped you? Maybe it hurts you a little. And how have you uh, used those relationships to to excel your business? Oh, gosh. So I, like I mentioned earlier, I identified very quickly uh, from the beginning, once I lost my original partner that, okay, 
I need a mentor and I need help. And I am extremely humble enough to know to ask for help when I need it. And um, so three immediately come to mind. Uh, first and foremost, I joined uh, the Team Integrity Knowledge Center. So Melanie Patterson has been tremendous for me since the beginning. Um, I also have worked with the fantastic group at Innovative Logistics Group with Adam Wingfield um, and Brittany Trailer over at Trailer Transpo. Uh, they have been tremendous for me. You know, it just feels good to be a part of a community, not just with them, but the, the community of folks that work with them, the owner operators that go through the same things that I go through, um, surrounding myself with like-minded folks like them and not feeling alone, uh, especially in times like these and just having folks, you know, a call away. I, I can't tell you the value that bring, you can't put a, a monetary value on that, you know, just to have someone that'll guide you and, and give you the advice and sometimes you know you need to hear uh has been tremendous for my growth and and you know keeping us successful yeah for our audience actually melanie patterson will be on our show on june 6th so if you're wondering who that incredible person is you'll you could check out that episode uh adam wingfield is actually on my radio show every second tuesday of the month so you guys can listen to him there as well and yeah, they're all, all Brittany as well. Great uh, thought and leadership uh, within our industry. So happy that you you brought those up. And to wrap this, uh, I got a good minute here with you. What's your elevator pitch for bringing more women into the industry? Why should they think about joining in the supply chain? And and what uh, what advice do you have for them too? Well, it's it's our duty and responsibility to change the statistic, right? So. Um, I guess my my best advice would be to do your research, to bet on yourself, and uh, to make sure that you become a, a part of the movement. You you have a seat at the table, and it's tremendous what we could do when we join forces together. This is not a competition. This is completely. There's a huge opportunity for us to make change, and the more that us ladies realize that we don't have to check off all the boxes. Um, to try something new or or start a new venture, I I think that's where the magic is and and um, and will continue to happen because I, I think it's happening a lot behind the scenes and we just need to shed some light on it. Yeah, you you brought up that a couple times throughout this interview and it's something I struggle with. Like women, we we like everything to be a little bit more perfect, right? That's what makes us really great at this job is we like look everywhere. But yeah, when you jump into it, right? You said this like push through those like don't don't hold back because something's not perfect uh get your website out there even if you want to change it you can always add to it right but don't hold yourself back just because it's not absolutely perfect uh that all can come with time and and acting quickly right is is a huge part of this so uh thank you so much rebecca for coming out where can people reach out to you and learn more about the services that you have as well Absolutely. Thank you for having me, Grace. Uh, my website is jvrfreight.com. Uh, you can reach me at Rebecca at jvrfreight or my LinkedIn. Love it. Well, Rebecca, thank you Rebecca. so much. Rebecca. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Rebecca Tisby, everyone. Thank you so much. We'll have you back on, I'm sure, in the future. And uh, for our audience, uh, remember to, of course, uh, check out all of our episodes wherever you listen to podcasts or on YouTube as well. Uh, and course you can check me out on the radio show on road dog trucking network uh looks like 
uh, sorry, my cat's over here trying to get in the episode, uh, on Monday through Friday on Road Dog Channel 146. Other than that, thank you so much, and I will be back with Kaylee next week. One, two, three.